Hello and welcome to the Lancet Podcast. I'm Richard Lane and it's Friday, February the 6th. This week we focus on the growing health and humanitarian crisis in Zimbabwe, the topic of a world report in this week's issue which is dated February the 7th to the 13th. But just before that, here are some other content highlights from the issue. Alcohol is the topic of the lead editorial and also a seminar in this week's issue. The UK National Health Service, or NHS, is discussed in another editorial and also in a comment by The Lancet's editor, Richard Horton. This, as a major conference about the future of the UK National Health Service, takes place in London, hosted by The Lancet. In research, we have articles on imaging and lower back pain, unfortunately suggesting that imaging, as a diagnostic tool, has little effect on clinical outcome for most patients. We also published the LEAD3 study about type 2 diabetes and also a study suggesting that the melatonin agonist, Tassimeltian, could have a possible role in reducing the effects of transient insomnia brought about by jet lag and shift work. And we continue the Trade and Health series in print that was launched online on January the 22nd. But with a growing health and humanitarian crisis in Zimbabwe, we published a world report item by Claire Capp, a journalist based in South Africa. I spoke to her earlier in the week and I began by asking her how difficult it is for a journalist to report accurately on the situation in Zimbabwe at the current time. As a journalist, uh, it's very difficult to get in legally into Zimbabwe. So my contact has been obviously on a daily basis with the many thousands of Zimbabweans who are currently living in, in South Africa. And then more explicitly, I was at the border, um, the border town of Musina, last November, which was when the cholera outbreak was still in its relative uh, relative infancy. Um, but even then, the local hospital had set up a, t- a tent outside in the in the grounds to to treat the you know the people who were suffering from from cholera. Since then, it's it's got it's got much much worse, far worse. Yeah, can you go on and tell us how bad it's got? The WHO is now saying that more than 60,000 people have been infected and there's still another couple of months to go until the end of the rainy season and so it means that we can expect to see still more cases during the rainy season. At the end of last year, WHO was saying the 60,000 cases was its worst case scenario. Now obviously that will be surpassed by by quite a substantial amount. And more than 3,000 people have died since August. And that's the other thing that makes the the epidemic in Zimbabwe stand out. It's the very high case fatality rate. In some rural areas, it's as high as 9%. And this is, you know, compared to a target of of less than 1%. The epidemic has spilled over the border into South Africa, and the case fatality rate in South Africa is is way below uh, 1% which is what it should be. And is there any evidence at all from your sources and contacts within Zimbabwe that the authorities there are doing anything about this deep health and humanitarian crisis? They are cooperating at least they're cooperating with with the UN with WHO and with UNICEF and they seem to be cooperating with the NGOs who who have who have gone in there they were very very slow to to get off the ground they were very very slow to recognize the the extent of the crisis and now they're obviously overwhelmed and one of the biggest problems is it's not so much the cooperation or or lack of from the authorities it's it's logistical problems such as lack of petrol so you know uh, the WHO or UNICEF can launch outreach uh, programs to you know to get to people in rural areas and and the biggest single stumbling block apart from lack of water lack of electricity is is lack of health workers you've touched on it mobility or transport or, or lack of it 
has got to be a major issue too, isn't it? Because inflation is so absurdly high in Zimbabwe that many people are effectively trillionaires, I think you call them, but they can't afford the cost of transport to get to get to places. That's right. When you look at the figures, how much a teacher earns, how much a nurse earns, you think, wow, because it is in the trillions. Um, then you look at the reality and it, that salary will probably be enough to buy six loaves of bread in, in a month. So the salaries at the moment are not even covering basic food needs, let alone the transport needs. Um, it costs a nurse more to get to work than, than that particular nurse will be will be earning. The absentee rate is absolutely staggering. With teachers as well, it's a huge, huge problem. I mean, there's thousands of teachers are dropping out because they, they simply can't afford to go to work. And in a way, there's a slight paradox there, isn't there? Because if teachers and children cannot afford to travel to schools, I mean, that obviously from an educational point of view is a disaster. But possibly from a health point of view, schools might be the type of place where you're at a high risk of getting cholera anyway. Yes, this is what UNICEF and Save the Children and some of the other charities are actually worried about. Schools were meant to open a few days ago with a couple of weeks delay just because of all the problems. UNICEF is saying, well, even where schools have been able to open, given the problems with lack of teachers, etc., they are very worried that they will actually pose a greater risk of infection to the children who managed to go than, you know, if the children had, uh, had stayed at home. There's no, in most of the schools don't have running water. It's very, very difficult to to keep infection at bay. And cholera obviously spreads very, very easily in conditions like that. It's a pretty depressing picture, but it's good to meet you and to talk to you. Thanks very much for coming in, Claire Cap. Thank you very much indeed. Many thanks to Claire Cap, author of a World Report item in this week's issue of The Lancet, for her contribution. Thank you all for listening. See you next week.